Welcome to the Alternative Data Podcast. A very festive welcome to the Alternative Data Podcast, powered by Exabel. I'm Mark Fleming-Williams. In this episode, I speak to Masashi Sujinaka, CEO at Nowcast, the preeminent alternative data provider in Japan. In our conversation, Masashi and I explore the alternative data scene in Japan, types of data that are available, the types of customers looking to get hold of it, and the value that can be extracted from it. Um, Masashi, you work for a uh, a company called Nowcast. You're the CEO of a company called Nowcast, which is based in Japan, which is um, which is exciting because it's the first Japanese alternative data provider that I have um, that I've had on the podcast and that I've that I've properly spoken to. So um, so very excited about this conversation. So. Masashi, why don't we begin? Um, why don't you've got an interesting background in in Japan? You were you were previously an economist at the Bank of Japan until October 2015. How did you first? How did you first come across the idea of alternative data? Um, actually, it's pretty recent, to be honest. Um, mm. So, um, so let me introduce myself. Um, so. If, uh, as a first career of myself, I joined the Bank of Japan, and then I um, I was at the statistics department, and then I was in charge of uh, gathering the data for the business survey uh, called like a, a BOJ Tankan survey, and then uh, you know we basically like on a quarterly basis. Uh, report the like uh, uh, you know business condition of the companies all over Japan, uh, so it's very very like a traditional economic statistics, and then I moved to the economic research department, and then I was in charge of the uh, like a chemical industry or you know steel industry or something like that, so I try to predict the like a production uh, level of the companies. Uh, at that time, and then I used uh, lots of economic statistics as well. And then I moved to the uh, policy making department, and then uh, I was in charge of uh, creating the minutes of the monetary policy meeting, or like uh, I was in charge of monitoring the market condition after the like policy change or something like that. So this was so this was peak Abenomics time, wasn't it? It was it was it was by my by my Abenomics. <laughs> yeah, you know the, the Abenomics. Yeah, yeah. And so you were so you were tracking um, this. It must have been a very exciting time in in Japanese um, in macro data because you know Abenomics had happened and it was a question of of whether it was working or not. Was it was it was there a lot of buzz around the Bank of Japan at the time? Right. So I mean. Uh, basically, the Abenomics was uh, pretty much driven by the uh, monetary policy easing. And then, uh, basically, uh, you know, the stock price went up significantly. And then, uh, you know, lots of investors contacted the Bank of Japan. And then uh, I had several conversations at that time. And 
I realized, um, you know, this is pretty exciting, but everything is based on the very, very traditional way of gathering the data set. So basically the traditional economic statistics, like GDP, unemployment rate, or, you know, consumption indicators by the, like, uh, you know, public sector or government. So it has like a one month or two months delay, and it's not pretty accurate. Uh, sometimes the data has a kind of like a sample bias. So I realized there is a kind of necessity to improve. And I found a company, uh, Naukist, which was founded by the uh, professor at the University of Tokyo. Who had been, who had recognized the same thing that you had recognized, which is that sh- the traditional methods of, of, of tracking GDP, um, et cetera, were slow and unwieldy. And, and actually that there were some faster methods available um, using kind of new big data techniques and technologies. Right. So what did, what did Nowcast look like in, in, so you joined in October, 2015. What did, what did the, the company look like at that point? So at that time, um, so basically, uh, the company uh, created the daily price index uh, derived from point of sales data. So at that time, uh, you know, many people uh, pretty interested in the uh, inflation uh, environment. Well, I mean, like right now, uh, people again started to take a look at the inflationary uh, driver or, you know, inflation movement or something. But, uh, at that time, uh, you know, the monetary policy in Japan, uh, was, uh, you know, something people should pay attention to. And then everything was basically decided by the, like, a uh, level of, like, a uh, inflation rate. So yeah, 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 yeah. So at that time, so so just for a bit of a bit of Japanese context, the um, so Japan had been suffering from deflation for twenty five years or so right. since its nineteen ninety crisis, and and many people in the West were seeing Japan as being perhaps the future of the West because since two thousand and eight. Um, the West had been suffering from from very low deflation, very low inflation, and then touching on deflation as well. So when right. Shinzo Abe came along with his buy my Abenomics, which was going to be huge, huge QE um, quantitative easing, and and that was uh, hope. That was the hope at the time that that would finally stimulate some inflation in Japan. And so everyone in the West was watching it as well, because um, if it worked there, then it might be the way out of the low inflation environment in um, in, in Europe. And the US, and as but as you say, you know, we're in a slightly different situation now because we are now uh, thinking that high inflation may right. be coming or, or rising right. inflation Since may be coming. Yeah, yeah. But so either way, there was a, a real demand at the time in October 2015 for close tracking of indicators, inflation um, prices in in, um, in in Japan. So that would that makes sense that that was the first focus of of Nowcast at that time. Right. And then, uh, you know, we started our business seriously from, from like 2016. And then, uh, we, we could acquire several clients, um, you know, from like, uh, you know, Bank of Japan or, you know, uh, some like a research institute or sell side economists or buy side hedge funds. 
um, actually, like a good number of uh, you know clients uh, came to us, and then you know, why don't you provide a data set? And we did it. Um, so that was the beginning of Nowcast. Okay, fantastic. And so, um, and what so what kind of data were we were, were you using back in back in the early days? Um, so at that time, so everything was based on the point of sales. So the point of sales uh, was uh, coming from uh, our partner, uh, Nikkei Point of Sales, or um, you know, Two Data or T Point or something like that. And we gradually uh, expanded uh, our data sources or data partners. Uh, so not only like a point of sales data. Uh, so we found the credit card data pretty interesting. And then we started to partner with JCB. And then we also started to uh, work with another uh, credit card company or something like that. And then uh, we started to uh, work with other types of, uh, you know, alternative data sets like, uh, you know, new status data set or geolocation data, consumer electronic point of sales or something like that. So we gradually expand our data partners okay um and so your and your meanwhile your focus was was expanding as well you were becoming less inflation focused and more more broadly tracking economics indicators is it um is it was it was it a, a macro focus uh on an ongoing basis has it become more more company focused in terms of what you're trying to predict with the with the with the with the inputs with the data that's coming in yeah, so I think uh, from 2016, um, so in Japan, uh, so FSA uh, started to um, implement uh, fair disclosure rule uh, more seriously than before. And then uh, buy-side investors uh, look for some like alternative uh, information source updated on a real-time basis. So previously, um, Everyone took a look at the preview reports from the sell side, but you know that's becoming harder for them to acquire. So then uh, they started to take a look at the uh, alternative data. And then at that time, we recognized, okay, so this can be a good business. So why don't we provide the company-specific data sets to the equity investors? And this was providing, so this was to replace, as you say, um, the, the, the sell-side research. So you were trying to use alternative data to step into a gap, which you, which you say had emerged with the FSA as a result of FSA regulation. And so actually, this, this sounds to me, with a, with, a kind of, with a Western hat on, um, this sounds to me rather like um, an M-Science or, or one of these large... Um, alternative data companies in 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 the West, which um, which uh, ingests which which ingests alternative data from from various sources, and then creates analysis from it, and then sells that as a as a kind of almost a traditional style sell side research note. So it's 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 um, extracting the the kind of the insights from it, and then selling the insights as kind of in a collated report form. Um, and so is that, would you, would you see yourselves as, as being like a Japanese version of an M science? Yeah, well, we are playing some roles pretty much like an M science or, you know, more kind of like a consumer edge 
or like a data holder is doing. Um, so we do we do create the insights out of the data set. So we do create the insights and then we provide that to the investors as well. But uh, at the same time, uh, we just quench the data sets basically like we tag the data sets to the ticker code and then we just pass it to the quantum investors so that's also a part of our business so it's a, it's a hybrid model both you're both bringing in the data and um creating reports from the data sell side reports from the data which you can sell as so people can buy the reports um but you're also reselling data so the day the, the the alternative data will come to you and then you can resell it to to interested parties um so what kind of so let's let's bring us up to up to the present day and just to understand your offering now what kind of if you would break down the types of data which you which you bring in the types of alternative data uh, could you break it down in terms of percentages you know i mean do you have 20 percent credit card detail credit card transactions and 15% point of sale data and you know can you can you break it down like that is it easily easily summarized in that way um okay so actually we still like uh, keep providing the uh macro type of service to the clients so not only to investors but also like uh, uh sell side uh researchers or uh, government, public sectors, corporations, or something like that. So that accounts for like a, yeah, you know, good amount of the businesses. And then, you know, if we focus on the, uh, you know, equity side of business, individual corporation, um, you know, sales prediction or something. Um, so I think, uh, most of the business uh, comes from consumer transaction data set, like uh, point of sales data or credit card data. Okay, um, and uh, so it's 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 mainly credit card data and, and point of sale data. That's 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 great. Um, what what percentage would you say of your of your clients are uh, macro? researchers as you say versus um perhaps uh investment managers or, or somebody who's who's more interested in the equities data um i think uh, uh i i cannot be specific but i think uh, it's more like uh maybe like a f three to seven or like a four to six or something um basically like uh, equity uh accounts for most part of our business got it Got it. Okay, brilliant. Okay, and so, um, what do you think? Um, what does the alternative data market look like in Japan right now? And and I don't know how familiar you are with the alternative data market in, for example, the United States. How would you draw a comparison and find a difference between what is going on in Japan and alternative data right now, and perhaps what is going on in the United States? Um, yeah, you're right. So maybe I'm not the expert of the, uh, you know, U.S. alternative data ecosystem, but mm. I would say, um, you know, there are much more opportunities for, or like there are much more like white spaces uh, for Japanese alternative data ecosystem. Um, so basically, there are less investors 
using alternative data or there are less alternative data vendors providing the alternative data sets compared to the US like a correspondence, I guess. What do you think is the um, the appetite amongst, do you think there is a culture in Japan of, 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 of data in the same way that it's really developed in the United States in terms of uh, when people in America or Europe say data is the new oil? Does that sound familiar in Japan or is... Or yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, everyone in Japan, you know, I mean, like everyone in Japanese uh, data holders um, are really excited about the uh, potential use cases or you know potential business opportunities of alternative data or big data. But I think that there is a big gap between the interest and the actual business. Um, so I guess uh, to do this type of business, uh, you need to have good ability of data science and financial knowledge. And also uh, you need the data engineers uh, who can secure the uh, ETL pipeline or create the, like a uh, automatic uh, error detection system or something like that. And then you also need to prepare the, uh, how to say, uh, legal framework so that you'll be able to uh, provide the data to third parties. So you need lots of experts um, to do this type of business, right? But there are much less people um, who can do that in Japan. So that's why um, there are much less people involved in this business compared to the US. So what you're saying, so so what you're saying is, uh, so is the, are the Japanese universities not producing data scientists and data engineers in the same ways that, you know, the European and US and maybe Chinese universities are, are, are producing them? Yeah, so, you know, let me give you uh, one story. So I, I think uh, for our turning point of our business. Um, so we went to the Battlefield conference previously. I think uh, yeah. that was uh, that was September 2018. Uh, so we attended the Battlefield London and then um, so far uh, we didn't know anything about the alternative data ecosystem. So we did, uh, we have been doing this type of business uh, for over, I guess, three to four years or something. Um, but we didn't know like uh, much more about the, like uh, uh, what kind of people are involved in this type of business in other parts of the world or mm. what kind of services are delivered to the clients. Um, at that time, but we attended the Battlefield uh, conference uh, in 2018, and then uh, we found there are lots of players uh, in this ecosystem, like right? M Science or Tenten Data, uh, Second Measure, uh, you know, Raven Park, or 
you know, Jeff Ray's or something like that. And then, um, okay, so <laughs> this industry seems to be like a pretty mature compared to the like uh, the one in Japan. And then, uh, was that good? Was that good or was that good or bad to discover? Was that exciting or was it was it scary? That, that was pretty <laughs> exciting for us. Um, yeah. So we could find a kind of like a benchmark to be compared. And then we found, okay, so these are the things that we need to do. And then, so actually, like we started to do the pretty similar thing in Japan as well. So we started to hold the like a periodical conferences in Japan from 2019. And then, um, so I think I like to go over uh um, this in detail later but uh, we started to create the industrial association um from this year so all these activities to you know foster the uh ecosystem in japan um are basically like a benchmark um of you know I mean, like a benchmark uh, we run uh, in the Battle in London, twenty eighteen. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So that was a that was a big eye opener for you. Did you did you find also that there was a did you find also that there was a ready made market of you know hedge funds and 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 other asset managers who were who had been wondering how to get into J- Japanese alternative data, and so they were you know did you did you find a lot of people were were discovering you at the same time and were excited to, to get into Japan? Yeah, actually, yes. So uh, we had many meetings uh, in the conference. So basically, like, uh, we started to attend uh, those me- uh, conferences, um, you know, from that time. And then, uh, yeah, some of the friends uh, we met in those conferences came to Japan. And then we arranged a kind of like a... Um, how to say, roadshow uh, of the, you know, alternative data, you know, experts in, in Japan, Japan or something like that. Yeah. 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 And so, and on the, um, uh, why don't you, why don't you tell us Masashi about the, uh, about the industry association that you created that you want to talk about? Right. So um, again, um, so we found there is a big gap um, between the uh, interest and the actual business um, in the data holder side in Japan. And then also like there is a big uh, gap between like a US alternative data ecosystem and the Japanese alternative data ecosystem. So, and then we started to think about like how we can solve this issue and then uh there are three points we like to solve so first of all so we like to spread the use cases or you know usefulness of alternative data in japan and then secondly uh we should uh, train the people in the industry so you know if you are like a quant uh analyst then you should be knowledgeable about the data engineer as well. So if you are like a, a analyst, then you need to learn about like how they can incorporate uh, alternative data into their research or something. So uh, that's the second part. 
and then Rasbo. So we should make a clear, clearer rule or like a best practice in terms of the legal framework um, for each of the like alternative data usage. So and then to address those two three issues, so we found okay, um, let's create the industrial association. Um, so that was one year ago, and then uh, we could have several people uh, cooperating, um, and then uh, you know basically uh, we started the association from this April uh, twenty twenty one. Masashi, it sounds like um, that because uh, Japan is a as you say, it's a world where data is perhaps not as developed or the data ecosystem is not as developed as it is in, in, in the West. Um, and it, the fact that um, Nowcast has, has been such a, such a first mover um, in Japan and has got such and has really kind of um, created the, the kind of Western style um, uh, alternative data company in, in, in Japan. It sounds like you are having to single-handedly create the ecosystem that is, that is created by many companies in, in the US and, and in Europe. You know, you're doing the, the standards part and you're doing the, you know, the conferences and you're, you're, you seem to be doing it all for Japan because, uh, because there's no one else. Do you think that's, do you think that's fair? Well, I, um, you know, I cannot say uh, too much about myself, but I think uh, I could have, or like we could have uh, several people uh, joining this kind of initiative. Uh, so, for example, uh, we we have a very good partner uh, from Nikkei. Uh, so that's uh, like uh, one of the largest newspaper company in the world. Uh, so they are one of the first data partner. And then they said, okay, that, uh, you know, this kind of initiative is needed for Japan. And then why don't we do this? And then we also had, uh, uh, you know, cooperative people, uh, from like, uh, you know, some, some of our clients, uh, from buy side. Uh, so there are not so many, but some, uh, buy side investors using our, uh, alternative data uh, in Japan. And then they said, okay, so uh, they are happy to share their know-how uh, in the ecosystem. So um, without these kind of helps or you know, cooperations, uh, we could not do this, but we could do this, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, absolutely. Um, and so just going back to your, to, to, to how Nowcast works, would you say so? Your the the your data, your insights, your your product is very much the Japanese market in all its in all its ways using alternative data. Right. Um, in terms of your clientele, do you find most of your clients are based in Japan and looking at domestic um, investment, or are they foreign based, perhaps based in the US or Europe or maybe China, and are they foreign based trying to get? some kind of insight into Japan from the outside, or is it 50-50? I think before COVID-19, most of our clients were from the uh, US uh, investors. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, like a platform funds or like a systematic investors um, who have some exposures to Japanese equities. Um, But gradually, 
our client bases uh, have been expanding. And then I think uh, the COVID-19 pushed the client base expand uh, pretty significantly, especially into like uh, uh, Asian investors or domestic investors in Japan. Um, and then I think uh, now we have a good balance uh, between like uh, uh, U.S. investors and uh, you know Asian investors uh, in terms of the number of clients or something. Mm, okay, and in terms of in terms of how your data and insights are used, I Japan, as we've kind of hinted at, has for a long time be, have been a very different market to the rest of the world for for investment, and my my kind of. My understanding is that right now, and has long been the case, that Japan has it feels undervalued potentially, or the Japanese stocks feel undervalued compared to their foreign counterparts. But they remain undervalued and have remained undervalued for a very long time right. um, be- because of you know the specific circumstances of, of the Japanese economy and and, um, and and where it's been. How do you find? Do you get much insight into how? your clients are using your data are they looking for opportunities to to um you know are they are they stock picking in the traditional sense and trying to see which company will do better than another one or are they trying to get a feeling for what is going what effect monetary policy is happening on the whole market having on the whole market and you know trying to understand what how the tide in general is rising like do you get a do you have a do you have a view on what is how your data is being used at the moment by by your clients i i think uh so both of the um macro type of use cases you have mentioned and uh, uh you know more kind of like a short-term uh trading or stock picking are preparing um i mean like uh, so both of them are pretty popular use cases i guess um so again so we started our business with the like macroeconomic indicators uh derived from alternative data and then uh so we have many investors using our alternative data in that way um mm-hmm. but on the other hand uh we started to expand our client base uh into more like a short-term investors or hedge funds and then they basically uh look for the use cases of stock picking i guess hmm. and what about um quantitative versus uh, uh discretionary investment do you do you tend to find that your data is more useful to one than the other or, or is it used by both quant and fundamental investors i, I think i was um so yeah but I think uh, recently, uh, more fundamental investors or long-only investors, I mean, like long-term investors, started to take a look at this type of alternative data, even for Japanese equities. And do you have a view as to why that has happened? Well, um, I think uh, uh, gradually, so we become able to provide more kind of like a deeper insights using our mm-hmm. data. So at the beginning, we just provided like a, you know, top line sales. 
grocery, that's it. But, um, you know, we started to provide more kind of like, a, um, you know, indexes of like a market share or like a price index out of the point of sales data set or you know we are able to give the data set by the like a regional breakdown or something like that and then uh some of the like a long-term investors would like to take a look at uh you know this type of more granular data set and then you know, try to find a kind of turning point of the industry or the company so that they will be able to find the more kind of like a long-term trend. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, and so here we are, we are in 2021. You've been, we're near and nearly in 2022. You've been doing right. this at Nowcast for, for five or six years. Um, you, you joined the company and have since become the CEO. So you've risen, risen to the very top. Um, what, what, what lies ahead for Nowcast, Masashi? And, and perhaps with a particular focus on, on data, are you, seeing, um, are you seeing new forms of alternative data becoming possible within Japan in the, in the coming years? Are you seeing a, a growth of different types of data? Or what, what, where, what do you see in the, in the future? I think uh, going forward, uh, we are able to provide more varieties of alternative data. So I think uh, um, two years ago, we started to provide the uh, critical data. And then uh, on the company level, by the way, and then uh, so this year, so we started to provide the geolocation data. And then from next year, so I cannot say uh, much about this yet, but uh, there are a couple of other data sets we have in the pipeline. So, and then some of the data sets have like uh, overlaps and then some of the data sets uh, have like a new landscape of the uh, ticker causal industry. And then I think uh, we will be able to uh, give her more kind of like clarity on the market um, by, you know, wider coverage of alternative data uh, from next year. Are you saying different, uh, so is your universe of companies expanding or are you saying your types of data is expanding or both? I think of both. And then uh, I think uh, I can give you one more thing. So that is um, more types of, uses uh, from like a different, uh, you know, company segment uh, started to, you know, come to the alternative data ecosystem in Japan. So, so far, everything was within the investment world, like a hedge funds or, you know, uh, long short equities, quant funds or, you know, mutual funds or something. But, um, by the way, so we started to uh, do the collaboration with the uh, real estate company uh, this year. And then uh, we expect more kind of like a corporate clients or, you know, real estate uh, clients uh, coming into the market 
of Japanese alternative data uh, from next year. So I think uh, that's something pretty interesting. For sure. For sure. Just back to the to the data forms, though. Um, you you mentioned that you've so far you've been coming from the credit card transaction and the point point of sale data, um, and that is that is perhaps expanding. And you've got a couple in the pipeline. You can't exactly obviously say who what what the what the data will be, but the different forms of alternative data will be familiar to listeners from the experience of the United States and, and Europe. Are you 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 mentioned geolocation might be a, a form which is which is uh, which is kind of coming into your into your quiver of arrows. Um, are there like can you talk more generally about the types of alternative data which are coming to Japan? Like what is where the where the market is for data and what the next step is for alternative data in Japan? Like what types of data are opening up? Um, so you mean like uh, whether the satellite um, satellite data, which presumably actually you could probably buy you could probably buy that in the US quite easily, the satellite I data see, for Japan. But um are we talking I don't know, like um are there are there any innovative forms of, of alternative data which are coming to the market, do you feel? Like, you know, in the in the US healthcare was a big thing for the last for the last um you know, that that kind of thing. Um yeah. Um or not i mean if if we it's possible that we're still in the time of credit card transaction data in japan and and you know that will be that like that for the next five years and it'll be a while before a new form is is available i mean where where do you think we are with the with the development of of data types in, in i i in think uh uh you know credit card data is you know kept important uh, for the like uh, next uh, couple of years at least. Uh, so Japan is pretty much like a cash heavy industry, but uh, you know because of the uh, government policy, uh, people started to use uh, cashless payment. Um, uh, so including the credit card payment or QL payment or something like that. So I would say, um, you know, credit card data is kept important in the market. Um, but, uh, in addition to that, uh, from next year, uh, we would have more, uh, data sets, uh, from like, uh, uh, web traffic data set or like quick stream data set. And then, uh, we also mm. would have some data sets from like a uh, uh, personal financial management tool uh like uh yodri or consumer edge uh, uh gathering or doing uh, in the us i guess okay lovely um and one more thing about about um the the changing field in japan are you seeing more competition emerging or do you will you are you remaining the the kind of the, the the massively dominant kind of standing alone type type player in the Japanese alternative data market, or can you see? I don't know. Maybe you've you've lost a lost one of your directors and they created a competitor or anything like nothing like that has happened. Or or can you see it? Can you see competition emerging? Um, to be honest, not really. Um, at 
I guess uh, there are still like a big white space and then um, demand is growing much faster than the like uh, uh, the number of people uh, or number of like data suppliers uh, joining uh, in this like a Japanese uh, alternative data uh, ecosystem. Um, so at this moment, um, we don't see any like a, a strict competition, uh, hopefully. But I think uh, uh, we would have that kind of stuff uh, if we go beyond Japan. Uh, uh, yeah, that's something uh, I'm seeing. Yeah. For sure, no, absolutely. When you leave Japan, then there's going to be there's going to there's going to be a very competitive market, I would say. Um, brilliant. Okay, Masashi. Well, that was that was brilliant. That's a very nice uh, introduction to to all things Japanese and the and the Japanese alternative data market. So um, so thank you. It sounds it sounds like you've been um, very you've had excellent foresight to create Nowcast um, when you did or or join Nowcast when you did and 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 rise to the top of it. Um, and um, and yeah, I hope I hope uh, I hope you continue to enjoy your your own personal fiefdom, which is all of Japan, <laughs> while while the competition isn't too strong. I think it sounds like a perfect situation for you. Yeah, I mean, but it's good thing for our company, but I don't know whether it's good thing uh, for Japanese ecosystem. Uh, so that's why I even help other data providers uh, rather than like compete with them. So that's why uh, we created the uh, you know industrial association. So yeah. Um, yeah, if any listeners of this podcast become interested in like uh, non-Nowcast Japanese alternative data vendors, then I'm happy to introduce. Um, I have many, you know, people or data providers I can introduce through the industrial association or something. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, Masashi, thanks very much for joining today and, and best of luck in the future. Yeah, thank you so much.